Hello and welcome to the Arrowhead Pride podcast we call From the Podium, where you get to hear directly from your Kansas City Chiefs. I'm the editor-in-chief of ArrowheadPride.com, Pete Sweeney. It's the Saturday edition of From the Podium, meaning we give you the best press conferences from Thursday and Friday. This week, that was Patrick Mahomes, McCole Hardman, the Chiefs coordinators, and Frank Clark. I do want to note, that Patrick Mahomes and McCole Hardman spoke to the media before Le'Veon Bell had signed. So as you'll hear, Mahomes answers the questions, but doesn't know that Bell would hours later join him as a teammate. We'll listen to Mahomes and Hardman. We'll take a quick break and we'll turn it over to the other guys. But right now, let's hear from Patrick Mahomes. Here is the Chiefs quarterback. I think it's, I think it's always awesome to go against a great opponent, uh, going against the Buffalo Bills. I mean, they have a great defense. They have a great offense, great special teams. Just an overall great team, man. And so uh, anytime you get to play on these games, Monday evening, night, whatever it is, and you get to go up against a great opponent, it's always an exciting challenge, and I'm, I'm ready for it. Let's go next to Breland Moore. Go ahead, Breland. Hey, good morning, Patrick. To kind of go off of Karen's question here, we've seen you go up against young quarterbacks, really and truthfully, uh, three out of the five games so far this year. And a lot of them, you know, you have relationships with prior to – are you friends with Josh Allen? What do you know about him? And, you know, have you guys kind of crossed paths, not on the field per se, but, you know, in just life in general? Yeah, we've crossed paths a few times. I mean, uh, I really respect his game. I mean, he's been someone that's gotten better and better every single year. And from everything that I've heard and everybody that I've been around, he worked, he works his tail off. So uh, he's, he's a guy that I know I'll be facing a lot uh, as our careers go on. And uh, it'll be a great challenge and a great opportunity for me to get to go against uh, that team and, and him at quarterback. Go next to Vahe Gregorian. Go ahead, Vahe. Hey, Patrick. Uh, I have two election-related questions. Brad, if you don't mind, I'll just ask one at a time. Would you mind taking us through what the confusion was when you were trying to vote and discovered you weren't registered and, and, and how meaningful that was? And I'll come back with a second one. Yeah, I think the the confusion was that I, I, when I registered, uh, I was registering in Texas uh, with my house in Texas, and I'm kind of really close to a county line. And I had sent it, and I knew I'd put the right county in, uh, but it somehow got sent to another county and, and then got canceled. And they and I wasn't, uh, they didn't really let me know. And so whenever I I went to kind of go get your absentee voting type stuff, I realized that I, I wasn't registered to vote still, and I thought I I had sent it in, um, but. Obviously, I was able to do it again. I was able to stay on top of it and making sure that it, I got registered and everything like that. And uh, and now uh, be able being able to be a registered voter, uh, I plan on using my voice and going out there and doing that. And that was just the follow up, Patrick. You, you've made this a, a sort of a platform of yours. I, I wonder, we're less than three weeks till the election now. Will you be doing anything more in particular to raise awareness and, and just get your voice heard about getting our voices heard? Yeah, I mean, I'll do I'll do what I can, uh, and I think the biggest thing is, like you said, is just using your voice. Uh, no matter what that voice is, whatever your opinion is, just using your voice that you've been you have the platform and you've been given uh, in a very important year um, to go out there and and do what you can to be a part of this country and be a part of trying to make us uh, better every single day. Let's go next to Matt McMullen. Go ahead, Matt. Hey, Patrick, um, to follow up on that, actually, so Arrowhead will be a polling location uh, here for the general election, and you and your foundation, 15 and the, the Mahomies, played a huge role in making that happen. Can you walk us through that process and why that was important to you? 
Yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, it started off with great communication with the organization and the Kansas City Chiefs of of trying to use Arrowhead as such a historic place, such a great spot in this community as a place for people to come together and vote and use their voice. And so, uh, with talking with them and the the people in my foundation, we we're able to make that stuff come to life. And I'm proud of this organization and my foundation for being able to do that, along with other guys on the team who were really impactful of of making it a polling place so everybody can use their voice and have a neutral ground to go do it. Let's go next to Herbie T.O.B. Go ahead, Herbie. Hey, Patrick. Good afternoon. In light of Sammy Watkins' uh, hamstring injury, McCole um, Hartman is probably is going to see a bigger role. How better equipped is he, in your opinion, to handle it this year compared to last year when he had to fill in? I mean, obviously, he's got more and more experience. I thought he did a pretty good job last year when he, when he filled in uh, for Tyreek and for – I think it was Sammy at some points. Uh, so uh, he he's a guy that's ready for the challenge. Uh, it's about stepping up and and being prepared. And uh, you you, under, you know what he can do when he gets the ball in his hands. So uh, it's a, it's about just making sure that he's prepared and ready to go. And I'm sure he will be. Let's go next to Adam Teicher. Go ahead, Adam. Hey, Patrick. Um, a couple things. Uh, first of all, a lot of the numbers will show that you all are be- are a better offensive team when Sammy's on the field than when he's not. I was wondering if there's some things that he does that maybe don't show up in the stat sheet that make you guys a better offensive team. And the second thing is, I was wondering if you had any kind of recruiting pitch for Le'Veon Bell. Uh, well, well, the first part, I mean, obviously – uh, having Sammy out there is a, is, a, is a huge plus. I mean, he's someone who does everything. I mean, he's able to catch and be explosive. He blocks very well. Uh, he, he gets other guys open. And whenever you have those type of playmakers on the field, defenses have to really, really take notice of that. And so that I think that's why you see the, 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 the slot, subtle differences and the production and stuff like that. But you're hoping guys can step up like McColl and, and Pringle and all these other guys. Uh, and make and make up for some of that production. And then uh, with the, the Le'Veon thing, I, I leave that stuff up to to Veach and them. Obviously, a, a tremendous player, uh, someone that can do it all, uh, catch the ball, run the ball. Um, but I, I just I let Veach and them handle everything like that. And then when whoever's in this locker room, uh, we, we make sure they're ready to go and make and make plays on Sundays. Let's go next to Seren Petro. Go ahead, Seren. Uh, Patrick, uh, two things real quick. One, uh, whatever happened to the uh, content competition that was going to happen between you and Josh Allen and and who could throw the ball the, the furthest? Did that ever come about? And will it ever come about? And then as a follow-up, this was kind of a unique one where you could actually sit back and watch their game. And I'm just curious what, what you do when you got your next opponent and you get a chance to, to sit and do you take in the whole game? Do you take notes? What do you do when watching the game? Yes. Uh, the first part of your question, I mean, obviously with the, the COVID uh, situation going on this off season, we weren't able to get anything like that going. And uh, I mean, We'll see what happens in the in the future. I mean, I'm usually in Texas. He's usually in, I think in California. So we'll we'll see we'll see what happens with that in the future. But I'm always up to any any challenge and everything like that. And so uh, and then the set the second part of your question, we ask it one more time for me, please. Sorry. Yes. Uh, just uh, what what getting a chance to watch the Bills like get an opponent. You know, usually you guys are always playing at the same time. You don't get a chance to get that extra look at them. I'm just curious what you do when you do get that opportunity. So, yeah, usually in the games, I, I don't uh, necessarily watch uh, the other offense that much other than just trying to see if we're third down, fourth down or whatever's going on in the game. Um, I'm usually focusing on what we're trying to do the next drive or the next series or later on in the game or seeing what the defenses uh, gave to me in the previous series. Um, but I, I've, I've had a chance to watch their offense a couple times, just playing similar opponents uh, like the Raiders and, uh, and other teams. And so I was able to see them. And they're, they're very, very good offense that does a lot of great things. And Josh is playing at a very high level. 
Let's go next to Sam McDale. Go ahead, Sam. Hey, Patrick. Um, Brad, I'll have a follow-up to this, but you've always been a pretty candid critic of, of your own play. I'm wondering, what, when you watch film of Sunday's game, what, what you thought? Yeah, I mean, just we just didn't execute like we wanted to the entire game. I mean, we had some shot, we had some shots here and there that we hit, and we were able to go down there and, and score score some points. But we didn't, we just didn't execute and play to the level and the efficiency that we're used to playing at. Um, and when you play against another team that, that's a great opponent, and you're not executing at a high level and putting your defense in in bad situations, uh, usually you usually you don't win the football game. And so uh, we understand that and know that we can't just rely on the big play. We got to make sure that we execute at a high level. And uh, when the big play comes, we, we have to find a way to hit it and, and win the football game. And the second thing is you were out of the pocket a lot on Sunday. What do you attribute that to? Yeah, I think it's a, it's a combination of a lot of things. I mean, obviously, the, they, they did a good job with their game plan of covering the guys that I, I wanted to go to um, and, and getting some pressure. But I also did I, – I bailed on the pocket sometimes, and I, I ran out of the pocket sometimes. So it's a combination of a lot of things, but it all goes – all really goes down to execution and uh, being – being able to execute from the pocket. And whenever the I do get outside the pocket, I have to make plays happen too. So uh, hopefully this week we'll come out and play another great defense and uh, hopefully come out with a little bit better uh, effort on our end. We got three hands up. We'll just go right down the line. Harold, Pete, and then Sam. Go ahead, Harold. Hey, Pat. Uh, you kind of mentioned – Sam kind of mentioned what, the, uh, what I was going to ask you first, but we'll move on with that. Monday, 4 o'clock, usually reserved for like a JV team or a high school football practice, and now it's an NFL game. Just your overall thoughts on playing in the afternoon on Monday, how weird that is. And do you get with the mayor to try to get people out of work early to try to get them a little letter to watch the ball game? Uh, well, I never, I didn't think about that uh, with the mayor, but uh, hopefully people are able to watch it uh, whenever they get off work and everything like that. But for me, it's just like any other football game. Uh, we understood the challenges coming into this season and, and had to be able to expect the unexpected. And uh, it's going to be a Monday game, which will be our third Monday game in, in four weeks or whatever it is. And so we're excited for the opportunity to get to play in front of everybody and get to play against a great football team. Go to Pete Sweeney. Go to Pete. Pat, it seems like a lot of the good quarterbacks in the league, everyone always has his go-to guy for you on third and long or you're looking for somebody. It tends to be Travis Kelsey. What about um, that relationship do you think has made him develop into what has become your go-to guy? I just think he does a great job of finding ways to get open, even after the routes uh, that he runs might not be there. Uh, he's a guy who just continues to work, um, and he continues to make sure that he's working and trying to get in my vision. And so when I do make these scrambles, sometimes he, you see him being the the recipient of that of that. Um, but uh, that, as well as a lot of those third and longs, Ty, Ty, Tyreek and McColl and those guys are kind of getting double teamed uh, over the top. So he's able to work. Um, so it's a combination of those things and. Uh, it's something that we're just going to continue to try to get better at and stay out of those third and longs as much as possible. Let's go last to Sam Mellinger. Go ahead, Sam. Hey, Patrick. Um, you, I think this is fair to say you're a naturally like positive person. Um, I, I also think that even after some wins this year um, in the press conference, you've been pretty clear that you weren't happy with the performance. I'm, I'm just curious in general, your leadership style, if you feel like it's evolved in the last couple of years, if you're more comfortable um, or if you feel you know, more of a need to sort of challenge rather than encourage? Uh, not necessarily. I think the, the biggest thing, I've always been uh, someone that, that loves to challenge uh, the guys in our locker room, but always with a positive mentality. And I think uh, when you, whenever you're, you're going out there and you're putting in the work along with the other guys in the locker room, that we can talk to each other and really challenge each other every single day uh, and, and still be best friends in the locker room and everything like that. And so uh, 
Uh, we have a lot of great veteran or young veteran guys in this locker room. We've been together for a couple of years now, and and we want to be great every single time we hit the field. And we, when we're not executing at the level that we expect, uh, obviously we're going to try to challenge each other to be better the next time we're out there. Hey, Michael. So it's not quite prime time, but it's national game, 4 o'clock on Monday against the Bills, a really good team. How excited are you just to go out there under the lights, uh, play a big game here to get back on track offensively? Yeah, I think anybody in that game is cool. Um, I feel like um, we've been on like what, three. It's gonna be our third Monday night game, so it's kind of like different, you know, just playing on so many Mondays. But looking forward to the challenge. The Bills got a great team, and um, just you know, go out there and play, and hopefully get back on track. Let's go next to Karen Kornacki. Go ahead, Karen. Hi, Nicole. Do you sometimes wonder what day it is? Because your schedule has been all over the place, and is it hard to kind of? keep some type of routine and preparation when things can change at the last minute, even if you knew that was going to happen, but actually living through it. Um, yeah, it's, it's very different this year. Um, but I think mainly you just, you know, just keep, just keep focused and, you know, keep working and just keep grinding and, you know, and they say you play on this day, you know, you prepare for that day. If it's changed, then, you know, just, you gotta, I think it's more of a, a mentally thing and, and just staying focused. I think if you stay, stay focused, stay sharp and be mentally prepared for everything that can happen, I think you'd be just fine. But other than that, man, just go in every day, coming to work and just work and grind and grind and, and it's your time to play. And when you play, go out there and leave it all out there. Go next to Pete Sweeney. Go ahead, Pete. Cool. We'll see about Sammy, but it's looking like he'll at least be out for this game. How critical do you find this opportunity to show that you can handle maybe some some more of the workload of, of the offense? Um, I mean, I'm prepared, man. I think I did it last year um, with Tyree going down. I think Sammy went down one one time, too. So I think I'm ready for the, for the challenge. I mean, um, it's, it's nothing that I don't think I can handle, you know. Um, I'm practicing hard. I'm doing what I need to do. So whenever I get that chance, that opportunity, I'm going to take advantage of it. And um, I just come down and see what Coach Reed got in plan in store for me, what he want me to do. Um, so whatever they got planned for me, that's what I'm going to go out there and do and just do it the best I can. Let's go next to Herbie T.O.P. Go ahead, Herbie. Hey, Nicole, along those same lines of, of that first question that Pete just asked you, what was your biggest takeaway last year filling in for Tyreek and Sammy that you're able to use this year, sort of like a, what was your biggest learning lesson from filling in last year? Well, I think things are fast. I think it was my rookie year. Uh, I, I just got kind of like threw into the fire, you know, and um, it was kind of like, oh, overwhelming. But I think this year is more so um, I'm, I'm more experienced. Um, I kind of everything settled down for me. It's slow for me. So it's kind of like I'm, I'm ready for that role and I'm just waiting for that time to come. So um, and I don't never want to come as like something like this with an injury or whatever like that. But um, but if it comes like this, then, you know, I'll be ready for that challenge. I, I think I'm going to be ready and um, just go from there. So I think just the experience and that I took from last year and bring it to this year and the different things I can do on the field, especially being out there more of, you know, just making plays when it come my way and, you know, knowing what the offense is looking for and what Coach Reed is looking for and what Pat looking for. So I think that's just – it plays a role in that. Let's go next to Seren Petro. Go ahead, Seren. Uh, McCool, a uh, couple things. One, uh, I'm curious just overall what you think maybe teams are doing differently against you guys. You know, there's a lot of conversation, although it seems kind of comedic, people saying what's wrong with the offense when you score 32 points, right? But uh, there's kind of this perception that they're taking away some of the big plays. So I'm curious if you could just kind of uh, give a breakdown of what you think is going on there. And then just, uh, to, you know, what did you do to with Buffalo playing on a Tuesday? You know, you had a chance to watch – your next opponent, usually you guys are always playing at the same time, right? Or on your drive home, maybe if they're playing the late game, something like that. This time, 
you had a night game where you could watch your opponent uh, after you guys had maybe already started digging into things. So I'm curious what you did during uh, to, during that game. Uh, to answer your first question, I think I heard you correctly. If you want to say that one more time for me, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I apologize. Uh, just just what, what they're doing differently. Like, do you do you agree with they're taking away your big plays and what okay. teams are doing differently? I got you now. Okay, yeah. Uh, now I just think they're trying to show us something we haven't seen before, and um, I think you know, we, as an offense, we just got to execute better on on certain things that we call and, and just really take what they give us. We know the big play is going to be there, you know, and we just got to do a better job of taking it when they actually give us the big play. I mean, guys playing 30 yards off, so it's kind of hard to, you know, get behind them, but we still manage to do that anyway, you know, so it's it just depends on what they're giving us. They're they trying to take away the deep ball, but you got guys like Travis and, like, at the time, Sammy, that can work underneath the, uh, those guys and, and get open, you know, our main Tyreek might take the top off or whatever it may be, so it just, it just gotta, we just got to be more more efficient as an offense together and taking what they give us and and taking our, whatever they give us, take it, and then when they, the big play do present itself, then take that as well, so it's just on the offense, I think we'd be fine. I don't think they're really doing nothing to stop us or hurt us. We, if it's so, we're hurting ourselves, and um, so and we know that. So we're gonna be better, you know, going into this week, and we're gonna practice that and you know throw more things at them that they probably haven't seen us do. And um, far as the the game, um, I think more so seeing on TV is kind of different. You like, oh, whatever, but you definitely can see a whole game and probably get some more film review while you're at home chilling and see what they do, their defense doing and um, see how they plan and what you can get from it. So, yeah, definitely it's an advantage a little bit to see a game, fully a whole game itself, like from, you know, from your home, you know, so. Let's go next to Adam Teicher. Go ahead, Adam. Hey, McCole, uh, a couple things. Um, first of all, the, the, a lot of the numbers, as you know, show that, the Chiefs are a better offensive team when Sammy's on the field as opposed to when he's not. Are there some things you can point to on the stat sheet that, that, that aren't on the stat sheet maybe that Sammy does that sort of makes this offense run? And, and Brad, I'll have one quick follow-up uh, in a minute here. Um. Yeah, I think Sammy, he he does things like he, he blocked very well. He, he's a very good position route runner underneath, you know, that I think people don't really see what he does. He get guys open, you know, especially um because he with guys like him, you really got to draw attention to Sammy because he also is good after the catch as well. So it's not, there's not a guy that you just want to just keep catching the ball over and over like this. So you got to put some attention to him. And um I think, uh, like I was saying earlier with Kelsey and him working underneath me and Tyreek over the top, I think, what what he does is special that you know that makes everybody around him better. He's a good leader, you know. He he makes sure that everybody good and um and like I said, he he blocks very well. Certain situations, he he block after the catch and he's good after the catch, you know. So those things are there is things that like me myself or like Pringle have to you know step up on and why why if he is out of this game or whatever and um step up and and fill those kind of roles and some of that production that he had. So um yeah, stuff like that you definitely gotta um you know, take notice of what Sammy does, not with the ball in his hands, but what he do without the ball in his hands. Yeah, now you've, you've, uh, you're you your own player with your own strengths and you you have your own things you bring to the offense. But do you feel like you can do some of those things if indeed Sammy's out for a game or two or whatever, you can do some of the things he does and bring some of those qualities to the offense? Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, I think I can, I can go out there and block for sure. I think I can get guys open. I, I can do all that that's needed of me, you know what I'm saying? Is Sammy a little bit better blocking than me? Yeah, he's a bigger, you know, a bigger frame, a bigger guy, and um, that can, you know, take on bigger blocks. But, you know, me, myself, I'm um, I'm going to go in there and block and do the best I can to help my guys out. And um, and I'm like, I'm not going to shy away from him. So I definitely think I can pick up some of that slack for sure with him, without him being on the field. Let's go to our final two. We've got Sam McDowell and then Steve Walls. Go ahead, Sam. Hey, McCall. 
Um, how much this offseason, I mean, last year you, you were really good at the deep ball. So how much this offseason were you really concentrating on just fine-tuning those intermediate and short routes? I mean, a lot. I think, um, like you said, I, I was good at it last year. I think the deep ball is pretty pretty easily, you know, getting behind defenders and, you know, just tracking the ball catch. I think that's kind of easy. I think guys, any guys with speed, I think that's the easy part of the game, but more so just for us. So the dig routes, the, the stop routes, the curl, the the press, catching in traffic, you know, contested catches is what we got to work on. I think I, I worked on that a lot in the offseason, um, and, and I'm continuing to work on it right now. And even in practice, just, you know, focusing on the ball, catching everything. So I think those those tools will kind of make you a better receiver, and I think I know I need to do that better and, you know, pr- improve on that better, which I am and which I'm trying to do. So um, if I keep continuing that, I think if I'm more a threat, intermediate game than the deep ball game open up for me, which is pretty easy to me. So go ask Steve Walls. Go ahead, Steve. Hey, what's up, Miko? Uh, Travis tweeted out after the game uh, in the loss to the Raiders that you guys, he has to play better. And you responded, it's a team effort and that you have to play better. On those lines, just how do you bounce back after that loss? And what's the vibe been like so far this week in the locker room? Um, Definitely going to bounce back. It's more so attacking in their practice, you know, you know, accepting what you did wrong, you know, not trying to point fingers. And I think if, if we're accountable for everybody, accountable for ourselves, then we'll bounce back just fine. And like you said, with the tweet, you know, it, it is a team Africa. I don't think everybody played their best game. I don't think you could just single out any, anybody that can just be like, oh, yeah, well, he did his job. You know, it's, it's not that we don't point fingers. I think we're together as a team. We're going to win as a team. We're going to lose as a team. And I just feel like that's that's the mentality we have to have as a team, you know. And um, But this week in practice, we're going to attack it. We're going there and we're going to get better and better at practice. And and hopefully that translates back to the game and bounce back with a win. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. You just heard from Patrick Mahomes and McCole Hardman, and now we continue on with Chiefs coordinators, followed by Frank Clark. Here is Chiefs offensive coordinator, Eric Bieniemy. All right. Good afternoon. How y'all doing? Good. I know there's been some discussion about a particular player. Um, I'm going to defer all that, uh, those questions to Coach and uh, Brett Veach, because right now our focus as a team, we'll focus on the Buffalo Bills. We got to get this chip off our shoulder and make sure we go out and play up to uh, expectations. So with that said, uh, I'm all ears. Let's start with Matt McMullen. Go ahead, Matt. Hey, Coach, so you mentioned that chip on your shoulder. Tough loss last week, but now you have an opportunity here uh, to go out there and get back on track. How much do you guys relish that opportunity to get back on track against a good football team here in the Bills, particularly under the lights in front of the country? 
you always relish that opportunity. Anytime you come off a tough loss, the, the, the first thing that you want to do, you want the opportunity to go back the next day. You wish that you can just line up on a Tuesday and just go out there and play uh, after watching all the mistakes that we made and the things that we didn't do. So when it's all said and done with, the good thing is, is that we have time in between to clean up the mistakes, making sure as a coaching staff that we're addressing the things that need to be addressed and that we're doing our part as well and making sure that our guys can go out and play uh, up to the level that we expect them to play at. Let's go next to Pete Sweeney. Go ahead, Pete. Good afternoon, Coach. Just a general question about uh, running backs. You've been doing this a long time as both a player and a coach. What have you made of how it's evolved from what used to be a bell cow guy to a lot of teams you're seeing nowadays are doing this one, two, even sometimes three type of punch style? Well, I know when I played, you can never have enough good players. <laughs> so you want to make sure that you have great depth at every particular position because you never know when the next man is going to be called upon to be to play that role. So whether it's two playing at, uh, throughout the course of the game, sometimes it's three with a third down back included. The thing that you want to do is make sure that you have the, the right amount of ammo to go out there and help you to be as prolific as you can be. So... Don't matter. Talent is talent. You want to make sure that regardless of position, that you're ready to go. Let's go next to Adam Teicher. Go ahead, Adam. Hey, Eric, a couple things. Uh, first of all, the, the player you don't want to talk about, what does his addition mean for Clyde? And specifically, is this any kind of reflection on Clyde and how he's doing and what you're seeing from him? And, and Brad, I'll have a quick follow-up. Well, I'll answer this like this. First of all, we drafted Clyde for a reason. Okay. Clyde is doing a heck of a job. The rest of that, Adam, I'm going to allow coach to address that because, you know, he's the head coach for a reason and, and Brett Veach is the general manager for a reason. And then after they address all that, I'll make sure that I jump in. Okay. But Clyde is doing a heck of a job. We have been very proud of what our guys has put on, have put on tape. Fair enough. And uh, also, I wanted to ask you about Sammy Watkins. Uh, as you know, a lot of the numbers show you guys are way more productive when he's on the field and in the game than when he's hurt and out of the lineup. What are, are there some things he does that maybe don't show up on the stat sheet that make you guys a more productive offense? Well, it, you just got to understand this. Just, just kind of piggybacks on the, the question with uh, what was asked earlier about uh, the running backs. So when you have uh, all the talented players out on one field at one particular time, those defenses got to pick and choose what they want to defend. And so when we're at our full strength, we're, we're tough to stop. All right. And a lot of times, sometimes we become our own worst enemy. But when he's not in, it's time for the next man to step up. And we're, we have some capable guys that have played exceptional you know, here, you know, in D-Rob and in Pringle. I mean, we've had a lot of guys step to the plate. So we're counting on those guys to step up. Coach Greg Lewis has done a great job of raising those guys. Those guys will be ready. Let's go next to Aaron Ladd. Go ahead, Aaron. EB, it seems like every morning I wake up, there's a new positive test around the league. And I'm just curious, uh, how different is your preparation, uh, whether that be virtual meetings, behind the scenes, with the thinking that we could lose a day inside the facility at any moment in time? Well, there's always a contingency plan. And right now we're, we're always available to, to utilize those plans. The best thing that happened is that 
Zoom took over or webinar and WebEx. So we've also become very efficient with that. So if something was to happen, we'll still have the ability to function. We'll still have the av availability to make sure that we can teach and coach and uh, make sure that our players are very aware of what we want to do. But right now, we just got to make sure that we're taking all the safety precautions to make sure that it, that it doesn't infect or come into the building. And our organization have done a heck of a job of doing it the right way. So we just want to make sure that we're staying the course, everybody making the right decisions outside of the building and being accountable because at the end of the day, Okay, indirectly, we all have a great impact on one another. So accountability goes further than any other time or any other moment in the history of that I've been associated with this league. Next is Sam Mellinger. Go ahead, Sam. Hey, Eric. Um, your guys on both sides of the ball, but you guys on offense too, um, kind of have a track record by now of rising to the moment. And, and responding when you get knocked a little bit. I, I'm just curious from your point of view, from a coach's perspective, like what does a group have to, you know, have that characteristic? And when, when did you first start to notice that? You know what? It's, it's, our team has a, 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 a great resolve and they have a grit about them. And sometimes when you've been knocked down, you, you find a way to pick up the pieces and just rally. You know, since we've been here, we've had some tough losses. We've had to deal with some tough times at times. And I know that uh, if you look at our record, we've had a great deal of success, quote unquote, but we've had some tough losses. And so through that, you learn. And I think more than anything that our guys have learned and the reason why they're resilient is that they understand the big picture. I think sometimes that the big picture could get lost in the shuffle and the human element allows and it, the, the human element is allowed to to impact and come in the building, which becomes a distraction. And so one thing we want to make sure of is that all of our guys are eliminating the distractions, eliminate the outside crowd, crowd noise, all these people telling you what they think they you should be doing or. Uh, or, or being uh, the outside coach. So one thing that we've done a great job is making sure that our guys stay true to who they are, but also eliminating the outside noise and focusing on the task, right? And that's just being assignment sound, making sure also that we're being accountable to one another and also understanding this isn't about me. Okay, it's about the greater good of the organization and the greater good of our team, because if we do it together, there's a lot of things that we can achieve together. Let's go next to Nate Taylor. Go ahead, Nate. Hey, Eric, I know you mentioned earlier about not uh, wanting to address exactly the, the new player that you guys added on, but you did mention the ability to add new talent to an already you know, talented group. Uh, can you share what the reaction has been in the locker room of guys knowing that not only are you trying to uh, win this week, but your organization from Brett Veach and his staff have made a point to add as much talent around to the group? Can you just explain what the what the dynamic has been in the locker room? You know what, Nate? And I don't want this to come off a bad way. I haven't even had a chance to even sit down and have that discussion with anyone because <laughs> you may not notice, but our day is around the clock. So. Each and every moment, I'm focusing on what is what is what do we need to do in order to make sure that we're ready for Sunday. So there's some game planning that's involved. On top of that, there's some little things that we need to make sure that we're ironing out as a coaching staff and making sure we're knocking out all the details and make sure that we're ready and primed for practice, our walkthrough, and then post-practice, and then tonight's prep. So 
you know, unfortunately, I haven't had that chance to talk to anyone. But whenever Coach and and Veach do what they do, we'll, we'll address that issue. But my focus right now is making sure that we can get back on track. Got time for a couple more guys. We're going to go Sam and then Darren. Go ahead, Sam. Hey, that that was actually my question, Brad. So I'm good. Great. We'll uh, shift to Sarin. Good seeing you, Sam. <laughs> Sarin, go ahead. Uh, just real quick housekeeping first, Coach. I know you, you said you don't want to talk about Le'Veon and everything. Does that, just to confirm, does that mean he won't be part of anything? There's not enough time to get him ready to go this week? Um, you know what? With all the protocols that's taking place, I have no idea. Okay. What's, I mean, we, we're, we're living in the COVID age. Sure. So that I'm, it, whatever's going to take place, I'm going to allow those guys to take care of that. Okay. And and just and like I said, I don't want to come off standoffish, but I just want everybody to understand. The only thing that we're worried about is making sure that we can function today. I, I understand. I just didn't know if there was an official, you know, designation or anything that, that you know, on how it would work. All right. So then uh, I know Adam talked about Sammy being out and, and how much more productive uh, you've been with Sammy. And we talked to McColl and McColl, you know, talked about how, well, I'm not as big as Sammy, you know, I, I, I probably not as good a blocker coach talked, you know, called Sammy like a low post, you know, center with the kind of the things he can do being a big physical wide receiver. Uh, what are the things that, that McColl can do? Maybe that, that Sammy can't like what, and how do you try to accentuate? I know you're always trying to get the strengths of every player out there. So what, what are the things that he can do that maybe Sammy can't do? You know what? And, and just what you said, I think all of them bring a, a little bit of something special to the table. You know, McCole has some explosive speed. He does a, a, a some things that everyone can't do. So one thing that we we love with McCole, when that ball is in his hands, I mean, he he finds a way to make things happen. The thing that we always want to do is find ways to get him in space, you know, and, you know, find ways, creative ways of getting the ball in his hands. But one thing I will say, he has done a heck of a job of being a, a, a good blocker. So I don't know why he's taking that away from himself because he does have that attitude and that determined mindset. The thing I'm looking forward to is watching him handle, you know, the play to play uh, uh, situation because now he's being thrusted into that role. Now he has to be productive for a, a high percentage of time throughout the duration of the the course of the game. So we're counting on him to do some things and we're counting on some other guys to step up. All right. To contribute as well. Let's go next. Last to Darren. Go ahead, Darren. A couple quick questions and basically dealing with the running back situation. What are you expecting from Clyde um, this Sunday? Look, we, we, we know about the big signing that was, that was announced a couple of days ago. Uh, but if you're Clyde, what are you what are you looking to do this Sunday, knowing that you may have a teammate, a new teammate coming in? And also in that running back room itself, you know, um, Darwin Thompson had a big fumble a couple a few weeks ago against against uh, Baltimore. Hasn't seen the field since it looks like. And then of course, now that you bring in somebody else in who I'm not asked you to address on that. But what you know, but what's the psyche of those running backs, knowing that you got somebody else and that's going to push you further down on the on the depth chart that may not allow you to see the field? Oh, one thing to address, Darwin. I mean, uh, Clyde, real quick. I had a talk with Clyde uh, earlier today, and one thing I talked to Clyde about is just focusing on improving at something, improving on three things per day. What are those three little things that you need to focus on that's going to help you to become the most productive player as possible? And those three things may repeat itself throughout the course of the season. 
but I just want him to focus on the little things because he's a talented kid. He plays hard. He does a great job of reading the runs out. It does, he's done a heck of a job of understanding what we're doing in blitz protection and doing a good job of picking those up. And he's done a heck of a job as a receiver out of the backfield. So we just want to continue with his growth process. You got to understand this is a rookie and he just completed week five. So <laughs> he's doing a heck of a job. Now, in this profession, okay, one thing I always tell guys, don't ever worry about the things that you can control. Worry about the things that you can control. And let's make sure that we're making the very most of the opportunity that is being presented to us. And then we keep it moving. You know, we keep it moving because, you know, this is a, 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 a team that we're looking to always make sure that we're keeping our pockets loaded because we want to be at our best at all times. Bags, it's great to see you again. You too. You too. I'm curious what, what stands out to you about Josh Allen, in particular, his relationship with Stefan Diggs. Yeah, I mean, look at it. It's obviously this chemistry there, Kim, um, instant, you know, because they really haven't been together a long time, didn't have the offseason. You'd think it'd be a little, but they came right out of the blocks. And um, obviously, it's because you got a real good talented quarterback, and he's a, obviously a talented receiver, but it's impressive to me. It really is. Let's go next to Herbie T.O.P. Go ahead, Herbie. Hey, Coach, along those same lines with that wide receiver core, especially in light of the type of game that you guys came off last week, it looks like the Bills will get John Brown back this week. He was able to practice yesterday and today. And so what are some of the challenges you see looking at that triple-headed Bills wide receiver core with Diggs, Beasley, yeah. and Brown? Yeah, they've got three of them that we got to be concerned about. You can't double them all, then you don't have any players left to – either stop the run or rush the passer. So we got to pick our spots. I mean, you know, we, um, you know, we got guys that we're going to try to line up in their play. We'll try to mix it up a little bit. I'm not so sure there's anything else you can do other than that. And somehow, some way we need to affect the quarterback where we don't give him all that time and he can, he hit those weapons that he's got downfield. Because look, they've got them all over the place. And uh, with 15 coming back, it just creates another headache. Go next to Serin Petro. Go ahead, Serin. Coach, I'm, I'm curious, you know, kind of a follow-up on the, the speed receivers there with the Bills, uh, the, the Raiders. How much of how uh, the success they had was maybe them giving you a whole new look? We heard kind of some of the other guys talking about, you know, uh, I know uh, Chris Jones talked about some of the new formations they had. Uh, how, how much did they maybe have that game circled and for four weeks were playing a little possum and unleashed a lot of new stuff on you there? Well, I, I don't know if it was as much that as um, I'm not sure we executed like we normally do. There's a there's a play in there or call in there I'd like to have back that resulted in one of those long passes. So I don't think that's on the players or anything that the Raiders did. Uh, we didn't execute as well as we had in prior games. And when you do that, and if you don't execute, obviously, in the back end really well, it can result in explosive pass plays. And we just got to make sure we limit those to give ourselves a chance to play better defense. Go next to Therese Paler. Go ahead, Therese. Hey, Spags. How you doing, man? Good. Hey, quick, quick. I got a dorky football question for you. Um, I try to watch a lot of football every week, and it feels like every week I'm watching teams just run over routes like crazy, just yeah. medium range, deep range. I, I was hoping you could help me understand, A, are we seeing more of them? And B, why are they so effective? And C, just generally – how can defensive backs contest these? Yeah, I think you're right that we are seeing a lot of them. I think part of it is, look, it's a little bit of a copycat league, and I think some offensive coaches see other guys have success with it. 
Um, I've always felt with that that, A, you got to have somebody that has the, enough speed to get over there. And if you don't, you better have an offensive line that can give the quarterback time. But I think we got offenses in this league that have that and or the quarterback can buy extra time. And is it challenging to the defense? Yeah. If you're in man, you know, a lot of times it's hard to stay with a guy that fast uh, on an overdrag, especially if you're outside leverage. So there's a lot that goes into it. You'd think that zone coverage would be best against it. Um and that be going to rely on somebody on the backside having good zone eyes. But I think you're right in what you're saying. There is a, we call them burners or speedos. There's a lot of those around the league now. Uh, I think in, with receivers that have the speed to get over there real quick, it makes it real challenging for us. Let's go next to Nate Taylor. Go ahead, Nate. Hey, Steve, wanted to ask about your blitzes so far this year. Um, from a percentage standpoint, do you feel like the blitzes are pertaining most to the quarterback in anticipation of a pass? Or how much do you feel like you're having to blitz in order to contain some of the running lanes that might be available to a running back? Yeah, um, as you're asking the question, I'm kind of going back to last year where we kind of added some run blitzes that I thought helped us as the season went on. We, we have them for both. Uh, I didn't feel like we could get to a, enough of them last week. Some of it's dictated by down and distance. And like I'm always telling the guys that you earn the right to rush the pass or you got to be good on first and second down to get in those obvious passing situations and then try to do some things that might challenge the quarterback or the offensive line. So part of our challenge is being better on, I think, on first and second down. Let's go next to Harold Koontz. Go ahead, Harold. Hey, Spax. Uh, when it comes to, yes, I'm sorry, Sunday's performance, and then you see a performance like that, and then you don't see the defensive line getting any pressure, getting back there, Frank Clark specifically, you know, went up against Colton, a guy that he usually dominated, it went the complete opposite. Does it kind of take you back and you have to reset some things or do you just kind of say, all right, we're doing the right thing. Yeah. Just going forward, we need to just change a couple of things here or there. Yeah. I mean, you got to look at it. That's what we do. That's what, that's what coaches do. Um, but you can't hit the panic button. If you believe in what you're doing, you stick with what you're doing. You just do it better. Uh, we didn't do too much different than we had in previous weeks. We just didn't do it as well. Uh, one of the things I shared with the players, and it was amazing to me, from play 21 to play 29, that's a nine-play swing there. We gave up 214 yards and 21 points. That's When you do that in the course of a game, that's hard to recover from. So there were some things that just didn't go right there. Boom, boom. It kind of rolled downhill hill on us. I thought we recovered decently in the third quarter and then just couldn't close it out in the fourth quarter. But do we're not going to panic. You know, We're not going to throw everything out. Uh, we're just going to try to do it better. I think we've got three more hands up. We'll go right down the line. Uh, Todd Lebo, go ahead. Hey, Coach, I know you can't go back and change what happened last week, but what have you seen from your guys this week, meetings on the practice field? Have they responded the way you'd like to see after a game like that? Yeah, great question, and absolutely. Uh, I love this group. There's a lot of character here. There's a lot of pride here, and nobody feels worse about it than the players that were out there playing. Um, in particular, yesterday, we had a walkthrough. It's a 30-minute walkthrough. Uh, we just got done one for today that I thought it was the best we've had in the year and a half that we've been here. So... Uh, they, I've never questioned the, the guy's effort. I've never questioned the preparation. Um, we just got to go out there and make sure that we do things that we have uh, executed during the week and just do them really well. Let's go next to Pete Sweeney. Go ahead, Pete. Good afternoon, Coach. Unique question for you here. Um, you've gone up against Lev Bell five times in your long career. Uh, was curious what you remember about those times and, and that um, having to defend him. And what was your reaction yesterday when you found out now he's on your offensive side of the football? Yeah, I mean, look, at it's great always to uh, accumulate good football players. And I've got a lot of respect uh, for Le'Veon Bell. I mean, I haven't 
seen him or gone against him in a long time, but I just remember him a headache. I, I, just, I mean, we, he was so challenging to stop in that what we call dual play that the Pittsburgh Steelers ran where he would just sit back there and pick and weave. And no matter what you did, it felt like you couldn't stop him for less than six, seven yards. So a lot of respect for him. Good football player. I'm sure um, our offensive guys over here would be really happy to have him. Go last, Sam McDowell. Go ahead, Sam. Hey, Steve. Um, hey, they, they had three big pass plays on Sunday, and we see the final product and what the coverage ends yeah. up being. But I'm wondering from your perspective, did the final product, was that the coverages you would call? Were guys out of place there? Or did they just not execute the coverage? What, what, what was your breakdown of this? Well, times? one was a bad call, uh, in all honesty. I just I thought I'd put CW in a bad situation. If I had to do that over again, I would not do that. Um, the two others, and they're going back and forth in my head. I mean, look, it wasn't, it, it's never one person on an explosive pass play because typically in a, a long explosive pass play takes a little bit of time to develop. So somebody up front, has got to take onus on it. Um, I thought the court, listen, I'm going to give the quarterback some credit here too. And, and the wide receivers that those are good football players that we went against, but can we stop those plays? Yes. With the calls that we made, except for the one that I'm talking about that I'm responsible for. Uh, I just believe we've got to do a little bit better, do a little bit faster and we'll be okay. Just wondering what the response is uh, from the defense as far as mentally and approach. Cause I know you guys probably weren't happy with the way you played Sunday. What's been the response early this week? Um, just all work, uh, and that's all we can do. You know, um, had a tough week last week out there. wasn't the best effort, wasn't the best um, performance we could have had as a whole. But um, yeah, just came in with a fresh mindset. You know, you got a, got a lot of season left, ten plus games, man. So when you got that many games left in the season, you know, you think, look at it, and you're like, man, well, I only played five games. You know, it's, it's so much more left to it. You know, so much more you got to do. You're going to see teams, teams that was winning. You're going to see teams that was doing pretty good. You're going to start seeing them fall off. You're going to see teams that was, you know, doing, you know, pretty bad. You're going to start seeing them make a turn. So it's just NFL season. Go next to Pete Sweeney. Go ahead, Pete. Hey, Frank, it, it seems like Josh Allen in particular embraces and welcomes being out of structure. How do you balance the contain while also trying to get to the passer and rush and just try not to over-pursue? Just stopping the run first. Um, stopping the, when I stop the run, I don't got to think about all the that's fifty percent, you know, chance that I don't got to think about, you know, doing one job. So once once we're able to do that, then we can rush the pass and have fun on that level. I feel like you know when you start thinking too far ahead, you don't give enough credit to that running back, you know, and to what he's been able to do for the offense as well, um, running and catching the ball. Um, you know, you got to you got to got to take in accounts for everything like that. Let's go next to Aaron Ladd. Go ahead, Aaron. Frank, when you look at your front office, always looking to make moves in the addition of uh, Le'Veon Bell, what's the initial response to that in the locker room? I mean, you know, everything, you know how it goes, man. A lot of stuff's out of our control. You know, you just can't hope for the best, you know, in certain situations like that. You know, always, you know, for a guy like him, who, of course, everyone has knowledge of and knows about, you know, you just hope the best for the situation. But, you know, that's not out of my control, man. I'm just a player here. Um, you know, he gets in. Um, you know, that'd be dope. That'd be exciting. But, you know, like like we say, man, the pen's not, you know, dry yet. You still got to, you know, play out all type of things on that end and the paperwork side. So, you know, um, just hope for the best and, you know, continue to keep our head straight, keep our head on get um, for this Monday night football game. Let's go next to Petro. Go ahead, Serene. 
Frank, uh, I'm curious. The uh, after the game, Chris Jones said they had a lot of new formations uh, with with the Raiders that uh, maybe you guys hadn't seen. Uh, I, I, you know, how much did did that contribute? Do you think to uh, your guys? You know, maybe being not quite as quick as you've looked for, the, for through those first four games. Um, it contributes a lot, but at the end of the day, football is football. You know, um, line up, you win a play or you lose that play, and then um, at the end of the day, you grade it. You know, you either lose so many or you win so many, and um, that's the determining factor. Um, before the you know first half was up, we had gave up so many big plays on defense. You know, um, I believe that one of the receivers had what two 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 catches for over like a hundred hundred yards. You know, and what four four or five big um, runs or whatever. Um, well, they ended up finishing the game. We kind of had held them, you know, under that before. But um, you know, just, we just let the game get out of hand, as we have in um, previous times when we say, "Well, you know, you got to come here and stop the run. You got to come here and execute on that level." And um, that's something that we wasn't able to do. We let a lot of big plays happen. Both their running backs had fairly good games, I would say. And um, you know, we let Derek Carr do what he does. That tight end had a great game. And uh, we just, you know, you got to move on. Like I said, season's long, man. Looks like we've got time for three more quick ones. Let's go Todd Lebo, Darren, and then Harold. Go, Todd. Hey, Frank, you kind of mentioned effort. You know, you felt like it wasn't maybe the greatest during part of that Raiders game. How much is that a factor during the long grind of a season, especially when you're facing an opponent that the team had done very well against? Uh, do you take things for granted sometimes? Is that just human nature? Um, I don't think so. I think I think sometimes guys get tired sometimes. You know, um, the effort is it. And I wouldn't say the effort isn't there. Sometimes it's just the plays. You know, sometimes you don't, you might not execute something as well because you probably didn't work it as much, you know, that week in practice, or you probably didn't, you know, think you would, you know, um, that call would be as important as it may, you know, uh, you know, have been. But um, it's just things like that. It's understanding that on the on one of the lighter day practices on a short week, you know, um, how much execution, how important that is, how important it is to execute when you don't have pads on in practice, stuff like that, where you're initially getting, you know, that contact, you're getting those hits, you're getting that, you know, that live game speed so that when Sunday comes, it's a lot uh, slower for you. But, um, you know, when you struggle, you have a lot of these difficulties with the changes and different stuff going on. And, our, you know, you got our coaches trying to do everything they can to protect us and get us 100 percent for that next game. Um, you know, sometimes stuff like that happens. You know, like I said, it's football. You know, you got to we, we knew coming into this season is going to be challenging. Um, you, you, you coming off a championship winning season, you know, and everybody wants to beat you. So let's go to our final two. We'll go Darren and the Herald. Good, Darren. Uh, Frank, first of all, good afternoon to you. Hope, hope all is well with you, man. Um, you know, I know the defense is a prideful bunch. I know you all felt that you didn't play a great game against the Texans, giving up, you know, 14 points towards the end, and then obviously the Chargers. But you all played, you know, you all played exceedingly well when you faced off against the Baltimore Ravens. This is a team that people are saying is, is an ascension, could be an AFC Championship game matchup. Do you feel that you all may or may not play up to or down to the level of competition and then following that just have you early voted yet? Mm. No, I don't, I, don't, I don't feel like we play down or up to competition, depending on who we play, you know. Um, I think it's just a, it's more of a controlled effort on, on our part. Um, we, I don't, I honestly, we don't really think about other teams that far. 
like that. Like we don't really look at the teams like, well, they well, they weak or, you know, that's a stronger team on our schedule or, you know, they got this person on their team. We don't never look at that. We put everybody in the same category. They're just a football team who we got to go out there and give our best. If we don't, they can be the simple. You know what I mean? And I feel like that's what happened last week. You know, we'll feel like, are we the better team? Yes. But did we lose that game? And were they the better team that day? Yes, they did lose. I mean, they were because they executed better. They did their job and um, they won their individual matchups better. And that's the name of the game is who can win the um, individual matchups and dominate, you know, on that end. Darren, did you have a follow up there, Darren? Yeah, I would just ask him, you know, just if he's had a chance to early vote yet. I know, you know, with the time frame, so just if, if you're in any of his teammates had a chance to early vote. Oh, I, didn't, I didn't hear the early vote part. Okay. Um, no, no, no. Um, I, I'm not sure what, what some of the guys have done. I know it's been a, it's been a large effort on, on, on our side as far as just you know, doing different things and getting people to, you know, get in and make sure they're registered before the deadlines and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, I'm not I'm not I don't really speak too much, you know, far into that. I don't know people's political, you know, views and how they do that, but myself personally. No, nah, I plan on it though. Okay. No, nah, not at all. I plan on it though. I was just watching the ad last night on YouTube, tripped out how they doing all this uh, campaign and stuff, man. They be dogging each other. Uh, let's go last to Harold Koontz. Go ahead, Harold. I, I, I agree. <laughs> I was watching the campaign like, oh, this uh, they getting crazy out here now. They didn't take to Twitter. Hey, trust said, me. They all on Twitter beefing. I work on local news. I have to see three, four ads per break. It's crazy. Uh, I'm tired of the ads. I'm trying to pay to get them off my YouTube. <laughs> Listening to the oldies. I'm trying to jam and stuff late night. You know, the old, they done, they done um, popped on Barbara, somebody talking about she's she supporting somebody. I said, oh, man, I got to go on. <laughs> cut YouTube off. Well, uh, I'll follow this up with the, the football side of it. I'm going to go back to revert to week one. After week one, Tyron Matthews said pissed off. And um, when you play a game that you did against, especially a guy with Colton, which you had faced with the Seahawks, had some success against, didn't have success against on Sunday. Um, do you get more pissed off with Steve Spagnuolo saying the walkthrough was one of the best walkthroughs he's seen since he's been here? It just makes you more P's and Q's when it comes into the next game. Yeah, um, you have to, you know, because like I said, when you, it's hard to go through that weekend, you know, not really practicing, you know what I mean? Like you want to um, just executing those things that you, you know, you know, that needs timing. You know, a lot of stuff in football is timing. It's, uh, it's, it's contact, you know, it, well, shit, it is contact, but it's like, you know, how often can I, can I get my hands on this man and, and beat him? How often can I, you know, uh, how physical can I be? And like I said, when you take some of that off, it's, it can affect the game. It's going to affect the game. But um, when you can, it's who can battle through that, you know, through those adverse situations, you know, because we're not the only team that's going through it. It's everybody in the league. You know, it's um, they, I'm sure it's other teams going through similar stuff as well. But, um, you know, it's just who can battle through it. Um, you just watch the, um, not to speak on any other team, but you just watch the team in Tennessee go down after everything they've been going through and, um, you know, um, play a very good football game the other night. You know, and um, they've been going through all type of adversity. So stuff like that, man, we just got to be able to battle through these adverse situations, understand what's the climate, understand there's going to be maybe other changes in the future and um, just be more prepared and more ahead of it than other team. Frank, we appreciate you joining us. Thanks for the time. I appreciate you guys.